Welcome to Heart Center Conversations. I'm your host, Jennifer Martin. I created this podcast to have real conversations with real people about what they are doing in the world, how they're showing up and how they're living from their heart center. So if you like this podcast, send me a comment, send a like, send to your friends and enjoy this episode. Okay, welcome to Heart Centered Conversations. This is a podcast on talking to people who are out in the world um, doing heart-centered work. And so I am so excited to have this conversation. I've got this friend who's not too far away who we've not been able to connect. So I'm so excited that we're actually like hearing each other's voices and talking. Uh, Marilis Self. Um, she has a business called Empowered Me, right? Empowered Energy. Yes. Empowered Energy. Okay. I'm thinking yes. of your, your, um, email. Your email. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just start by you telling us about you, like you, what you do, where you're from, all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So my name is Marilis. Um, I like to repeat it because I have one of those names that <laughs> people get wrong all the time. Totally fine. I have a three error grace period. So we're all good here. Um, Did and I you say it right? right? Yeah, you got it perfect. Awesome. That is so cool. Um, so my hometown is New York City by way of Puerto Rico. That's where my family is from. Um, and I am a military spouse. So that's what's brought me to Kansas, to Kansas. where yeah. I currently am. So it's a long way from the city, but that's okay. You can take a girl out of, out of the city, but you can't take the city out of the girls. So, <laughs> so that's where I'm at um, currently, physically, geographically anyway. I am a yoga teacher. I am a Reiki master. I am an intuitive light worker, a luminous creatrix. These, this is this is the what's right of what Marilis <laughs> is and what I do. My mission, my soul mission, my heart mission in life is to help guide women back to their own light. That is my passion. And what led me to that really is being in places of darkness, coming from a really traumatic um, and mentally and emotionally abusive 19-year marriage, coming out of that, um, coming out at 40. So that's a big deal. Like I'm 45 now. So, you know, that was like, and I am currently remarried. My wife is amazing. So just the journey of going from an unhealthy relationship and the conditioning um, that comes along with that, breaking free from that and working my way through the hard parts as opposed to just bypassing or trying to black them out. Um, that journey is what led me to do what I do now. How long have you been doing this work? So I have been... I was a Reiki master first. So that's the first part of my journey. That was the first introduction. And I actually just try, so that we always say, like if you're in the uh, energy world, we always say like it finds you. So I was uh, at a spa day, you know, and I the, you could pick these four services and 
I just needed to pick a fourth service and I'm like, gosh, what do I put on? I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get like a microdermabrasion. All right, I'll try this Reiki thing. And so the experience was amazing. Like just blew my third eye and crown wide open and it was everything I didn't know I needed. And so I began that journey for myself, for my own healing, really for going inward, doing that inner work. I was just committed to looking at my trauma and seeing how I can heal it. How can I understand it and approach it with compassion and love? And so once I had that experience, it was so amazing and inspiring that I knew I wanted to bring this to others. I wanted to bring this to other women. I wanted to bring this to other military spouses because we we go through a lot. Like, you know, it's, it's a lot, um, constant moving, constant reinventing of your business, um, finding new friends. So I just knew that there was a space and place for it. And with my unique life experiences that there was something there. And I was just following my heart, following the thread. And I knew that I had that um, mind and spirit piece with Reiki and I wanted the body piece. I wanted the body component, which is where um, that led me to the yoga teacher training, which really yoga is also mind, body, spirit. So they just pair perfectly together. And um, so this is this is going on year three for Reiki and year two for yoga teacher, which so I'm just going to put this out there. Anybody who's over 40, don't think you can't do anything you want to do. It's never too late. I feel young, fancy and free. I'm going to just keep (laughs) doing my thing. (laughs) I love that. I think that's why. And I don't even know how I found you. I have no idea. I have no remembrance. But somehow, I don't know if I ran across your Insta, I have no idea. But as I started like following you and reading all your stuff, I was like, holy cow, like she, we have so many similarities, like Mm -hmm. personally and professionally, um, so many things that are the same. And so I was just like, I've got to meet this person. Like, (laughs) I think she's my friend. Like, I I think that she is my friend. Like, and I remember, you know, just kind of putting that out to the universe and to spirit. Like, I, I need um, a friend who is interested in the same things who kind of knows, you know, I just need that connection with someone and um and I found you and we were going to connect and then COVID happened and then yeah (laughs) literally like we were so close to connecting and it was like I know yeah Yeah, but yeah I agree it's like that kindred spirit we just it's I'm in awe like sometimes when you post things and I'm like girl me too so many parallels (laughs) totally so um you so you just in the last couple of years started doing it. It was so interesting that they had a Reiki at a spa day. Yes. Well, we're talking about Washington DC. Okay. So. Okay. I was say, was that yes. in Kansas? Because uh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So when Washington, you moved DC. when you moved here to Kansas, you were already a Reiki master. Yes. Okay. I was I was a Reiki practitioner level two, got here two months after I arrived. Then I went to Sedona to do my master level training. So it was a one nice. week intensive. Oh, it was just amazing. You know, just to have the opportunity, A, to be in Sedona and then 
to do this powerful work and this powerful training where this is just the focus. Like we're really deep diving into, you know, even just the way we ate, we were, you know, very holistic and practicing Ayurveda and it was just amazing. So it was the most perfect environment that I could have had for my master level training and, we went into the vortexes to do our attunement. So just, oh my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. I do have some people here who are ready to go to the next level. And so I'm going to hook you up. I've, I, I have one in particular in mind and she's looking for her level two. And I don't know if you've started teaching yet, but yes, I keep I telling have. her like, <laughs> I know someone, I think she would be amazing for you to train with. So Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, of course. Yeah. So you have done your first um, attunements with students? Yes, I have. And I am, I'm really, you know, intentional about everything that I do. I am definitely not the um, Reiki master teacher that's going to crank out trainings every month. I kind of let them like let the people form. And then I execute the class because I just want it to be intentional. I yeah. believe so profoundly in the power of self-healing through Reiki um, because I don't consider myself a healer whatsoever. I am simply the vessel for divine love and light. And it is the person who's doing the healing. And I'm just, I can, that's why I consider myself a light worker. I'm just the lantern bearer guiding you back to your own light. I love um, that. And I, so I don't really market like, hey, I have a monthly level one training, monthly level two training. I kind of just wait for people to say, I feel your vibe. I'd love to train with you. And then I take it from there. Cool. So um, when will you start doing master attunements? Because I'm looking for my master teacher. Yes, I'm look, I'm probably going to wait until fall because I really feel that for master level, um, level one, I think you can do in a day, like a mm -hmm. day, I do it kind of like a half day is what I like to do. Level two can probably be done in that or a full day. Level three, to me, really needs to be like a two-nighter because there's just so much to process. Yeah. and so much comes up again um, from when I did my master level, we also reattuned to level one, level two, and level three. So with Reiki, every time you get reattuned, it's like your intuition becomes sharper. Everything is brighter, crisper. So you kind of need a little bit of time and space to integrate that and to, to just let that develop. And I take my role as a facilitator and the relationship that I have with my students very seriously. And I want them to feel that they can come to me with questions. And it's just important to me, like relationships are important to me. So I am probably looking at fall because I want, I'm thinking like, okay, COVID go away so that I can <laughs> God, have this please. like a uh, little weekender, you know, to build that. Yeah. Did you find that when you moved here to Kansas that it was difficult? Yes. So, 
I'm coming. So I came here. Our last uh, place that we were stationed was in the DC area. So you can imagine it's very metropolitan. It's very um, forward thinking. So none of this, you know, and anything in the holistic umbrella and the healing arts in any of the new rate, new age realm is new or like taboo. But here I am in this tiny little Midwest town, right? And it was, you know, and here I am just like, I'm just gonna start practicing and then see what happens. So it was a very slow start, but I think that the blessing is that as people take a chance to try something new and experience um, what it has to offer, it's just grown. So it was definitely slow going at first and kind of like, who is this lady? And, and now, you know, I think the biggest compliment people say to me, if they encounter me somewhere, they go, oh, hey, you're the energy lady. Yes, yes, I am the energy lady. Thank you very much. So that's um, that's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, because I'm in a small town too. And I, I think that we are particularly probably about the same. You might be bigger because you've got the base there, mm -hmm. but still kind of in that... Um, you know, we have more churches here than anything else. So, but I also get a lot of people who, you know, call me or have, you know, are ready to experience something different and new and, um, you know, have a lot of people who have gone through our yoga studio and our store and kind of know that we are a little bit more woo-woo than anywhere else. <laughs> and so um, they, you know, we have lots of people who come and ask questions and, you know, so... Yeah, I, I really do love the practice of Reiki and um, being with people in that sense. As the same as I love yoga, like mm -hmm. I've been doing yoga for a very long time. And sometimes though yoga gets to be so easy for me and I don't always put myself into the thinking part or the mm -hmm. feeling part of it as I can do with Reiki so right right yeah. it's been and I here too we have lots of churches uh, a heavy Christian population I have a, a very um, traditional Christian upbringing I was raised Roman Catholic so me too. I, <laughs> I I get it I get the connection and I consider myself a Christian to this day. My viewpoints might be different from traditional uh, Catholicism beliefs, but I know that my relationship with God is my own and no one can dictate that or take that away from me. So because I have that connection to my faith, I am able to connect with people of faith and I, what I try to display and explain is that you can be, have religion and spirituality and they can merge together. And that's a sweet spot when you can let the both work together in your life. It's just a beautiful place. And I had to work through that at first. Like, what am I, is this against my beliefs? You know, my, what's going on here? But once I was able to reconcile the two and strengthen the bond, and it's just such a, it's just a part of me. It's just part of my practice. And it has actually helped with people who are very much in, involved in their church and in their faith um, when they just sit down and have a conversation with me and then they get it. You know, it's not 
as woo-woo or as out there as they imagined. It's really about just connecting with yourself and tuning into that divine love. And if you believe in God, you believe in divine love already. So yeah, I think lots of times the somatics of the words just kind of get in people's way, you know, Yes, it's just, you know, it's, and sometimes it can be really difficult, especially when we're doing energy work and, you know, doing that spirituality work that it starts to, we feel like there's a conflict because maybe we're taught that there's this strange conflict. And so, but there's so much energy and, you know, I always tell people like God created energy, like everything has energy. That's right. Every emotion we feel has a vibration to mm-hmm. it, has energy in it. And so, you know, it's all created by God, whatever God you, you know, you call your God, divine yes. goddess, mm-hmm. sun, moon, mother earth, you know, all of those things combined in one. And so, yeah, it's, I it's, totally agree. I, I often, re, before I know when I'm working with someone, their faith or their, you know, what they practice, I just say source because it is the source of all, the source of all that is, right? Came from something somewhere. Um, and then really you can fit anything under the source umbrella, whatever you believe. And when you're talking about tuning into the energy of your own body, developing your own awareness of your energy, learning how to navigate your energy and nurture it when it's needed, have approach yourself with grace and compassion. There's, you know, that's the most natural and loving thing that you can do really. And it has nothing to do with woo, you know, it's not, it's really about (laughs) self-love and and just going inward and, and giving yourself that love. So then you can share that love outward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so what does your healing practice look like because I know that last week you had a really rough week Mm -hmm. and so what for you like what are the things that you incorporate in your own life to do deep healing and do you feel like this is a new journey that you're on or has this been a journey that you've been on for a long time so I yes last week was a tough week for me personally it brought up um, some trauma from my previous marriage and the beauty of that and the beauty of where I am now of my own practice my body practice through yoga my spirituality practices I'm highly intuitive um, definitely have the clear senses so psychic senses I do feel like I receive divine messages and my energy work training had I not had all of those tools I probably would have really struggled and probably fallen into a deep state of depression Um, because it really brought up a lot of trauma and a lot of just regret, you know, regret for time that I wasted. Like, why didn't I get out sooner? You know, that uh, negative self-talk. And I had to make the choice to look at it because really, truly, the only way to heal is through it. You cannot bypass it. You can't go around it. You can't go under it or over it. The only way is through. So I had to allow myself the time and space to sit in it, to to really reflect on what it was bringing up for me and what the lessons I could learn are and what are the blessings on the other side. 
And there are so many blessings on the other side. So once I, I, it took probably a good 48 hours for me to just sit in it and cry and be sad and go through like two boxes of Kleenex and journal and, and, you know, do some self-healing. So self-reiki practice and move my body and listen to music and all of these things that helped me process through. And on the other side, just really be able to have gratitude, to live in that state of gratitude for where I am now and release, release the attachment to those negative feelings, to the trauma, to the pain. I too have been spending the last year or so really deep diving trauma and how it shows up in your body and how you can begin to process and release that energy. And that looked like, so for me, that looked like a lot of work in my sacral chakra, in my root chakra. You know, that when when you're in a bad relationship, the root is like your sense of stability and safety. And mm -hmm. that was just, you know, dismantled for me. I, I didn't have that. So bringing that energy back, that reminder, I had to restore and remind myself that I am in a safe place now. I can release the energy of that trauma because I'm no longer not safe. You know, I'm I'm safe, I'm grounded, I'm well. So yeah, that's that's my personal process. And I made the choice to to really share about that on my social media because I want people to see that the work I do it's not just me talking because I've learned right. about it or I've read about it. I've walked the walk. I've yeah, been yeah. in the cave, you know, so I get it. And because I have found my way back to the light, that's why I feel so driven to help others find their way too. Yeah. I think this year for me kind of has been the same. It's like, I have been helping people for so long. And every time I learn something new, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to bring this to the people. Like, mm -hmm. and then I kind of go over it so quickly that, you know, I don't, I don't integrate it for myself. And so this year, what I really found was that I still have so much trauma um, in my body. And I've known this, but not to the point where it was like spirit saying like, do the damn work. And I tell people the same thing that you just yeah. said, like, you have to go through it. There's no bypassing. We can't go around. Like the only way to the other side is through. Mm -hmm. And so it was really this, um, you know, commitment that I needed to make to myself that it was like, okay, we've got to sit in this. Like we really have to do the practice and do the work that I bring to people all the time. And, mm -hmm. you know, just, again, just like what you said, like allowing people to see that just because we are doing the things that we're doing does not mean that just like them for their own healing does not mean that you're not going to have those moments where you spiral back down. Right. Right. You know, life is spiralic. Healing is spiralic. It's not linear. And we have to be able to give ourselves grace mm -hmm. to go down that spiral and, and go back up and move through life and healing that way because it's just the way it is it is it's the process of 
evolving. We are evolutionary beings and our life experience will always involve evolution, lessons, and blessings. So this, this is just a constant cycle. And even, you know, when things aren't fully healed, they will come back up and remind you so you can heal it a little bit deeper, heal mm -hmm. it, you know, just put a little bit more of a healing on that wound because if you'd have asked me you know I was feeling pretty empowered like I'm over it I'm good I'm so healed like through it and woo, yes the yeah. sister's out <laughs> you know um, and then it's just this trigger came up and I was like oh uh, uh. so I had to just sit in it and say like all right now I need to go a little bit deeper because I and really doing the work I was able to uncover even deeper places that it was affecting me and things that came up for me in my awareness that it just was like light bulb moment. Oh, that's why I, I behave this way. That's why I react this way because I'm still holding this trauma energy and I can now choose now that I see it because once you see something, you can't unsee it, right? right so right. now that I see it, I'm aware of it and I can make the conscious choice not to allow that into my energy fields, into my space, into my daily existence. That's awesome. Hard work. So, oh but my gosh. We can do it's, it. We can do it. <laughs> we can do hard work, but it is so hard because bypassing is so much easier. Mm -hmm. But really kind of understanding the things that you do to bypass. Um, you know, when I first got in my relationship with my wife, Natalie, like I had default behavior where before in my marriage, um, when we would fight, like I would get so tired and fall asleep. And so when we, when I got in a relationship with her and, you know, we would, uh, the confrontation would happen. It wasn't, it didn't even have to be fighting. It could have just been confrontation. Like I would immediately like get so tired and just want to sleep. And she would get so mad, like, how can you sleep right now? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but and what I realized was that that was my default. Like, that was the way that I bypassed. That was the way that I avoided was falling mm -hmm. asleep. And my body would just get tired. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm going to avoid, I'm going to go to sleep. Like, I literally, my body would just get so tired. I can totally relate, but except that for me, that fight or flight kicked in immediately. So like the first year, I, I bless my wife. We've been married four years now for staying because the, the honest truth is that coming from the relationship I was in, I did not know what a healthy relationship was. So like our first argument, I was like, I'm packing my bags. I'm out of here. And she's like, what are you doing? that's not what normal people do. Like you talk about it, you work your way through it, you compromise. And I'm like, we do. <laughs> oh, you mean you want to hear my point of view too? And so it was really relearning and, you know, getting past that trauma of, you don't have to run. Like this is a person who wants to talk to you and hear your yeah. side and find a, a middle ground and compromise. So I had to learn like, you don't just pack your bags every time you don't agree on a point. So I, and that was my trauma response. Like I'm out of here. I'm not going to stay here because it felt like 
unsafe to me, except that it wasn't unsafe. It was just like, Hey, let's have a conversation. Yeah. So yeah, you learn to change your behavior because again, once you see it, then you can begin to change it. Yeah. So that's something else that we have in common is that, so you said you came out at 40, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Which is the same time that I also came out and I was in a 20 year marriage. In fact, mm -hmm. our divorce became final at our 20th, like the day before our 20th wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. And so, and I have also been married to my wife for five, this year was five years. So it was um, a new, a new something for me to, you know, come out at 40 mm -hmm. and, you know, just that whole process of, you know, like, what is this? How does this happen? Have I always been gay? You know, all of these questions that came up for me. And of course, I, I mean, I'm still in the same community that I was married to my ex in. And so, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So there was a lot of like, you know, and we, we grew up in this town, like we went to high school in this town. Mm. And so it was a really big, a big thing for me to go through. And I didn't know, you know, at that time, I didn't have or know a lot of people that kind of had that same experience as me. And so when I hear about them, I kind of like gravitate to them. because It's almost <laughs> like, okay, I'm not the only one who's done yes. this, you know, because at the time it felt freaking crazy as it was like flipping my world upside mm -hmm. down and my kids and my town and, you know, like everyone around me. So yeah. can, can you tell me what that experience was like for you? If, that, yeah. if, if you're okay with that? Of course. Yeah. I, I never mind telling my story because I feel like if there's one person that hears it and it's like, okay, me too, then yeah, <laughs> I, I like, I've done my work. So for me, I actually <laughs> definitely knew in my teenage years that I was at least bi, like I was definitely attracted to women and, and men, but I was, like I said, Catholic, you don't do that. Like, mm -hmm. the, here's your box, you stay in it. Um, plus add the um, Hispanic culture, you also are subservient, uh, you know, for the majority. I'm not gonna say that every Hispanic culture or household is like that, but there is this kind of responsibility to, you know, grow a family, to serve, to, and just the, you know, the kind of part of the way that we were raised and, so I had my roles and I was definitely like a good girl and I wanted to do the right thing at all times. And that meant you get married to a man and you have children <laughs> and you do, you know, what you're supposed to do in the marriage, right. follow the rules and, um, you know, and so the whole time though, and I remember saying to him, you know, like, I like girls too. And he's like, oh yeah, that's fine. That's no problem. <laughs> Uh, of course, because he, in his head, he's like, oh, we're going to have some good times, which never happened like that, you know? <laughs> so I stay, part of the reason that I stayed in the marriage, <coughs> excuse me, part of it was the emotional and the psychological abuse that I was enduring and that kind of um, mindset. But part of it was my own self-imposed 
responsibility that I felt to my culture and to my faith that I just have to stay here. Like, this is what a good Catholic girl does. And then, you know, it, it just kept getting worse, 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 worse. And then finally, my ex uh, is a service member as well. So when he deployed, I knew like that was it, you know, and, and just to be tell you the straw that broke the camel's back uh, because he cheated and everything. Um, the month before he was deploying, I said to him, I know you're going to cheat on me while you're deployed. So we're just going to leave it. Like whatever happens, happens. And his response to me was, oh, well, if you're going to let me do whatever I want to do, then can we just start that now? And I said, yes, yes, you can. And that I, right then and there, I knew that as soon as he left the house to get on that plane, I was filing for divorce. And that's exactly what happened. By the time he landed and touched ground, I said, okay, um, I've filed for divorce. Oh, and I'm coming out. <laughs> So, and that was it. And, and that's just how it happened. And my children were amazing about it. And their response was basically, you're the same mom. So what does it matter? Like, you're still the same mom, like nothing about you has changed. So I was just so grateful for that. And that alone gave me some of the bravery to just embrace myself the way they were embracing me like yeah mom just be you it's fine so that's awesome yeah. yeah um and we have kids that are are about the same age I, I watch you you know put talk about your kids and stuff and like oh my god like our kids are the same my kids had a really good reaction except my oldest so I had my first child when I was 15 and so he's in his 30s now and so he probably had the worst reaction mm. um, and more because he felt really loyal to my ex, which was his stepdad. Yeah. And so just kind of like, what is happening? And of course my ex, you know, I mean, it was a really difficult thing because I stepped out of our marriage when I met Natalie and not, not like it was planned. Like I'm like, oh, hey, you, but it was just like, okay, something is happening and I have these feelings and, you know, it, it was always a point where it was like, I had told my ex, you know, like I have feelings for this person. And, mm -hmm. you know, he was like, so you're a lesbian. I'm like, I guess, and I don't want to be married anymore, but we had tried because it was, you know, we had kids and I made a commitment. It was like, okay, I'll commit. We'll, we can go to therapy, but if I feel, and it's not like our marriage was great and at all in the first place, you know, we mm -hmm. had a lot of issues, but it was kind of like, if I feel the same in six months, like I'm done. And we got to six months and Natalie kind of came back into my life because we kind of, you know, really cut off even all communication. And then fate just brought us back together. And it was just like, when we got back together and kind of crossed paths, it was like, mm -hmm. okay, this, this is the craziest thing, but I feel like I have known her my entire life. And mm -hmm. I have to, it was the hardest thing and that I had to do. And the most riskiest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, and I don't regret any of it, but because I had her and, you know, she has been out her entire life, it felt 
I was in a safe space to kind of experience all those things. Mm -hmm. And and I felt safety with her. Like I've never felt before and still feel like I, I know I feel so safe with her for everything, anything. So yeah. And my kids again, were really good. And in fact, my daughter was like, um, a middle schooler and she actually came out in middle school. So right after Natalie and I met, like, as I'm talking to her about like, you know, this Natalie, you know, she's a lesbian, <laughs> right? You know, and, and my daughter's like, yeah. So my daughter's thinking that I am telling her this because I think that she's gay, you know, and she's, <laughs> like, she's like, yeah. <laughs> so it was, yeah, but they, everyone gets along now and even the ex and his new wife were all kind of one big blended family so oh that is beautiful but yeah there's just something about finding your person and for yeah. me the way that I was able to find my wife is I just kind of got to the point you know because I got divorced and then I dated and and then I said I just need time alone and I said to myself I'm just going to manifest the qualities that I want in a person and not the person. So I only focused on the things that were important to me. So every day I said, I am, I am, I am welcome to receiving the person that's right for me, a person that has integrity, that's loyal, that is committed, that is intelligent. Like I want to be able to hold an intelligent conversation. So, you know, when I met my wife and we started dating, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is my list. This is my whole list right here. And yeah, it was just amazing. And we're constantly still in that discovery process where we're just like, we couldn't be really more different, she and I, because she's a country girl and I'm a city girl. And, you know, I'm, she's in the military. So very, you know, organized and yeah. I'm just like a floating butterfly <laughs> of mystical wonder and you know it's just so two really different people yeah our core values are in complete alignment so that like we are heart connected and we are absolutely soul connected and that's why we are traveling this path together and it's yeah. just so refreshing and she is teaching me things like, for example, you can be in a relationship and it can be safe. And that's just like, wow, what a gift. What a gift. See, this is why I was like, okay, Natalie, I met this girl and I think we should be (laughs) friends with them. Like, I mean, like we need to go on a double date together. Like we need to hang out with these people. I need friends. (laughs) For sure, for sure. I can't wait till we can do that. Okay. So my other question is I have seen on your social media that you have started using cacao. Yes. Tell me more about how you came because it's so funny because I also have started using cacao, but I'm so new to using cacao Mm -hmm. and I've only drank it twice, but I want to hear your experience of how you were introduced to cacao and what, how you use it and what it means to you. Mm-hmm. So I've uh, had cacao in a couple of different um, experiences and settings. I've been to a cacao ceremony before where, you know, the whole point of it is just to commune with the cacao. But I had the most profound experience when um, I had about a couple of weeks ago, probably about three, four weeks ago, when I 
had the cacao right before a journaling session. So we were in a group setting and we had the cacao and cacao is heart opening. It is immediately connected right into your heart and opens that heart chakra space. And the writing that came through after that to me was just, it was like I was on a different, in a different place. It was, it was just flowing so much from the heart and I just love the connection to it. So with cacao, it's not like you're drinking a cup of hot chocolate. You really have to right. connect with the energy, the plant medicine that cacao offers you and revere, respect it, and just take that moment to honor it. So for me, when I'm drinking the cacao, I'm first honoring the four elements expressing gratitude for the four elements and connecting that like whatever that mug is that vessel that's holding it right into my heart space like literally putting it on my heart breathing it in connecting with it before I even drink it and then I drink it and so for me my ritual like my daily routine is cacao in the morning with you know all that gratitude honoring earth connection my connection to Pachamama just that connectivity of energy that flows through all living things, then I meditate. And when I'm meditating, for me, prayer is the talking phase. So that's when I'm like, hey, God, blah, 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 right? <laughs> and yeah. meditation is, I'm just going to sit back and let, li listen and just let whatever's coming to me come to me. And then I journal from that. And the experience has been just amazing when I can start my day like this and it is my intention to do this every morning the vibration that I'm on it's like every cell in my body every everything flowing through my meridians is just vibrating and it is just radiant and wonderful so I highly recommend cacao in a ceremonial ritual way so not just for the drink for, for what it can bring and how it can open your heart space. That sounds awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I have been enjoying it too. I just, you know, haven't, I need to like carve out that time to, you know, get up and, and get it and, you know, get that intention set. So I find mm -hmm. that I'm probably doing it more on that, the time on the weekends when I have that time right to really sit and meditate and journal because during the week like I've I've got a kid doing school I've got my full-time job and you know all kinds of other stuff and I don't yes. want it to go really quick but again I am so new to it that it's like okay tell me your experience and we had talked about breath work a little earlier too before we started recording so you have kind of gotten into breath work also and so how how did you start doing the breath work so I started with breath work, you know, when you do yoga teacher training, whether you do yoga teacher training or you just attend yoga classes, you know that br breathing is a big part of it. Right. Like I say breathe so many times during like right. my one hour class, like you just hear breathe, breathe. And you, you would think like people don't need a reminder to breathe. And I remember when I was doing the training, I was like, why do we need to keep reminding them to breathe? Until I started realizing like even in my own body, when difficult emotions rise, I tend to hold my breath. 
So we yeah. have to remind people to breathe, right? So it was really through the training and the discovery of pranayama, so the breath practice, that I, I started understanding how the relationship between the body and breath and, and parasympathetic nervous system and, and flight, fight or flight responses. And then finding my own way. I'm just such a fan of being able to find your own way. So developing the breath practice that to me felt like magical and felt uh -huh. like I was going within and incorporating mind, body, and spirit, that was profound for me. So I, for me, what's most impactful and serves me the best is pairing breath work with visualization. Um, as a creative person, it's really easy for me to, to visualize, to, you know, see that movie picture in my head. Yeah. So when I can do that, I just feel like it's so powerful. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. And it's awesome. And I'm so excited that you're doing that with your clients. Like what a great practice to be teaching them to do, you know, to develop on their own to help when they're not in your yoga class or they're not on your Reiki table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you are teaching yoga. Are you teaching yoga in person? Yes, I do you teach yoga videos that are open. Yes. Yep. So our studio is open here. Um, so I do teach in person. I, and it's really interesting because my two classes that I teach are vastly different. I teach a restorative kind of class where I also incorporate, I have a set of crystal bowls. So we incorporate that sound energy into paired with restorative slash yin kind of postures. So this is usually like super dim lighting, lots of candles, especially now because it's an evening class. So I get to have mm -hmm. that really nice relaxing ambiance. And then the other class I teach is more of a, a fast pace, so like a vinyasa, but for me, I'm truly inspired by music, just the rhythm of music, the cadence of the song, pairing it with the movements. So this is definitely a more active style class, but fun. Like this is a, uh, the kind of class where you, it's like you're connecting mind and body, but you don't even realize it because you're just enjoying the movements. And, you know, I'm definitely not the flexi bendy yogi. You will never, let me not say never, but it's probably 99% chance that you will not find me in bird of paradise. <laughs> so my body just doesn't bend that way. So I like to definitely offer things that are accessible to most people with variations. So I might show a pose and show you, you know, this is like the level one pose, you know, and then I'm going to show you some ways that you can amp it up yeah. if you were, if your body craves that. So I just, so I love are, both sides of it. Yeah. Are you only teaching at one studio? Do you yes. have a, do you own a studio or are you a co-owner no. or you just, okay. So you're an instructor at one studio. Yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. And you are in Leavenworth. So That's what right. is the name of that studio? We'll, we'll tag it in the description. Also. Of course. So I teach at Leavenworth Yoga. Cool. Easy to find, like in the town of Leavenworth, only one yoga studio, Leavenworth Yoga. Oh, you guys so, only have one yoga studio? Uh, yes. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> in our and little I, town. Yeah, I've not been there, but I have, I've known about it. In fact, 
some one one of my students that I might have did some work with actually might have a relative there. So okay, and then pretty cool. We're gonna, we're gonna tag all your stuff so that people can find you. Do yes. you do Reiki online or do you do that just in person or distance Reiki or? So I offer both. I ha I, I, there is a healing room at Leavenworth Yoga where I see my clients. So cool. that's where I see in-person clients. I offer distance healing services to clients really worldwide because I am connected to the military community. I have overseas clients. So in different parts of the world, I have people in different states. So I work with people's schedules and various time zones to provide distance services. So that's Reiki work. Sometimes it's readings. So I do Oracle readings or channeled readings. So um, I do provide those distance as well. Um, and I have a program that will be launching uh, very soon. Exciting. It's it is very exciting. It's called Luminous You, and it, it is a four-week program that is designed to lead you back to your own light, to equip you with the nice. tools and the pathway to rediscover your light. So I yeah, love it. Good things coming. So you you have a website. Yes. So yes. we'll tag that too. So all of that information will be on that site so that people who are ready and they're like, yes, I'm going to do this, mm -hmm. like can start investing in their healing and, and learn from you. So that's so exciting. Plus you're doing so much work with military spouses and military mm -hmm couples and and I mean we, we didn't even get to touch on that but mm -hmm. yeah you're doing a lot of awesome things in your little part of the world so okay so I have some questions to end us okay um what was your biggest lesson of 2020 my biggest lesson of 2020 is that take any challenge anything that you perceive as a challenge and find the pivot point Ooh. so Yes, because I was, you know, you you think I, I at one point, you know, they shut everything down. So it's like, I can't see clients in person. I can't teach yoga online. What do I do? So I was able to find that pivot point for myself and find really actually build a second business. So that was awesome. So to me, that was the biggest takeaway is it's really about the way you approach and perceive situations. If you perceive it with a negative mindset, you're probably not going to get much out of it. And you're, you're going to kind of think it was the worst thing ever. For me, 2020 wasn't the worst year ever. It was kind of a pretty stellar year and pretty awesome. And a lot of growth for me uh, personally and professionally. So pivot. Cool. Pivot. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of that Friends episode. <laughs> Where Ross is like, pivot, pivot. <laughs> um, what is your go-to self-care ritual? I'm gonna have to say it is meditation for sure, because anytime I feel clouded, anytime I feel disconnected, if I can just take a moment to be mindful and present you know, of meditation and mindfulness, like practicing intentional mindfulness, that to me feels like self-care. It feels like I'm taking care of my mind, body, and spirit by, you know, just taking a minute to slow down, be intentional. And meditation doesn't mean like you just sit there in silence or you just have like 
some kind of Zen music playing. Sometimes my meditation is walking in nature. And that's just an intentional going within moment just to like, I'm just going to be with myself, breathe. Awesome. I like that. What books are you reading right now? So I have a couple of books. I just got a book that you're reading. I am Diosa. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So Diosa means goddess in Spanish. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am so excited to crack that open. The truth is at any time I have about eight books I'm reading. Me too. uh, (laughs) Because I need to kind of shuffle through them so I am reading that I'm reading several books on trauma um, and trauma in the body and learning uh, how to find that and and just uncover that and how trauma appears in the body uh, and how stress appears in the body Um, so I'm reading a couple of books on that I am reading I just finished Untamed recently which is Uh, yes if you have not did you read Love, Love Warrior I have not. Okay, I have not you've, got, you've got to read Love Warrior. Um, so funny, I saw Glennon in person. She was in Kansas City at Unity Church like a year, I don't even know when, but I made Natalie go with me because her story is so similar also mm-hmm. to mine. Yes. And Natalie kept thinking that I was only going, because Abby was there, her wife Abby was there. And so Natalie was like, we're just going to see your, your girl crush, Abby. But then... <laughs> As she started listening to Glennon's story, she was just like, oh, I know why we're here. And it's like, yes. See, when I find people that are similar and have the same story, I, like, I'm drawn to them because I want to hear their experience. Because, yes. again, like, there's just not so many people that mm-hmm. kind of, you know, have this experience or are, you know, talking about it or sharing about it. So. Yes, um, Love Warrior is a really great book, but it was literally at the end of that book that she came out. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when that book was going to the, you know, be released, she was getting divorced and in this relationship with Abby. And so it was a big question for her, should I, should I do this? Because this mm. book is, this book about marriage redemption is getting ready to be released. And right. I think she had asked Oprah and Oprah was like, got to be true to your heart, you know, and it's just that That's whole right. integrity thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, so Untamed, very good. I did read that one. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I'm reading that. I'm reading just uh, all kinds of things. Um, yeah, I am, yeah, I'm a lifelong reader and I, I love, I love to study and I love to learn and yeah, so I'm definitely all in that space right now. Yeah. Awesome. I'll have to send you some photos of books. I have lots of books on trauma and like even the 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 chakras and and energy and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, last question. Do you have a word or an intention for 2021? I absolutely do. So my (laughs) phrase for 2021 is release and rise. Mm. Oh, I did see this on your social media the other day. And let me tell you, 2021 didn't take very long to offer me that opportunity. Let me tell you, because, you know, all this stuff came up for, for me to release so that I could then rise from it. And so I am living in my phrase already. 
um, because the intention is to release attachment to the things that are no longer serving my highest good. And that is really a choice that I can make. So doing the work to uncover what, what I need to get, like, what do I need to release myself from? Some of, sometimes we have these self-imposed boundaries and restraints and I'm, I'm just ready to be free sister. I just want to fly and ascend and allow myself the space to do that. So yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Yay. Those are all the questions that I have. Where can people find you? So you will find me most active on Instagram. My handle is at empoweredenergy.me. That's where I am on Instagram. That's also my website, www.empoweredenergy.me. I'm on Facebook as well. But like I said, Instagram is my jam. That's where you'll see me. That's where you'll see me do lives and post videos and you'll, I am so intentional about really connecting with people. Like I don't have a social media manager. I do, you know, <laughs> I connect with my people because that's so important for me, especially in the work that I do. I want right. people to know that if you send me a message, it is me on my own phone that's reading it because that's important to me. Like I want to be able to have a, a platform where you can share your story with me and I can connect with you. I love that. Thank well, you. Thank you so much for finally connecting with me for taking the time out of your day to have this conversation. Um, so we'll be posting all of your links so that people can find you and um, you know, people out there, like when, if you're ready to do the work or you need um, some help trying to figure out if you're ready, like find her. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Connect it with her. Been, it has been such a pleasure to chat with you and with your community. Thank you so much Thank for giving you. me this opportunity. Have a great night and thank you guys all for listening to this heart-centered conversation. Till next time, namaste. Namaste. Wow, that was such a great conversation. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this podcast, like it, share it, comment. Um, you can find more of my offerings at heartcenterlove.com. You can find me on Facebook at Jennifer Martin Holistic Healing or Instagram heart underscore center underscore healing. Um, and we come back and listen to more episodes as they come up. Have a great week. <laughs>